following program was made possible by Ward's lawyers. Find us at wardlegal.ca. Who ordered the feature article pickup for an order of feature news article? What can I get you? Uh, I'm just deciding. Um, do you have any local publications with stories focusing on the issues and people of my home area? Sure do. The Advocate magazine just made a new batch today, September 1st. Oh, that's great. Okay, I'll take an order of that. And uh, can I also get a separate order of that, but online? Wow, you do consume a lot of great local journalism. Here's an order of lindsayadvocate.ca. Enjoy. Next, please. Uh, sorry, just one more thing. Um, now, this is a long shot, but... Does this advocate come in podcast form too? Yeah, it does indeed. It's our newest product, in fact. The Advocate Podcast. Stories from Kawartha Lakes. Our customers are eating it up. Ooh, I'll take it all. Last question, honest. With the podcast, the ingredients in it, does it include a hilarious self-referential opening comic sketch that'll have legions of listeners falling out of their chairs and posting positive comments on all forms of social media in Kawartha Lakes? Okay, sir. How about you just take this home, consume it, and you decide if it includes that ingredient. Next! This wasn't a job that I came to and drudged along every day and couldn't wait for retirement. I was excited for every day as I was for the first day. I loved it the first day. I started January 5th, 1995, and I love it today, so didn't mean to get emotional. She won't dare describe herself that way, but Lori Polito really is a pioneer when it comes to social agencies in Kawartha Lakes. And after 25 years with a place called home, she stepped down. My conversation with Lori about that decision later in the program. No more styrofoam or Timmy's cups allowed at the landfill? What the H-E double stir sticks? Well, you'll learn why. I sit down with two of the boys with Boots of Hazard, the longtime country rock band of Kawartha Lakes that's taking the stage for the first time in months. My name is Denny Grignot. I host this program, which we like to call primarily because this is its name, The Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes. Okay, follow along at a snail's pace, walking, pausing, stopping, to take in a trail at Ken Reed Conservation Area. We're going super slow because KRC's Christy Virgo is guiding us along a a kind of meditative, quiet walk where occasionally we stop to gather under a tree or near a footbridge and just talk, but talk in a reflective way. Structured, but not really structured. This is forest therapy. Today I invite you to go on an adventure of reciprocity. And we've had the opportunity to spend some wonderful time in the body of this forest. And so I invite you to leave it a gift of art of some form. There's all kinds of... That was Kawartha Conservation's Christy Virgo guiding us on a walk with suggestions to help us, well, chill in a reflective, almost spiritual, but still grounded way. Actually, no, not suggestions, not instructions, 
but invitations. Christy is a certified forest therapy guide. This is a real thing, an accreditation awarded by the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy Guides in California. I spoke to Christy right after our one-hour slow forest therapy walk in KRCA's woods. One of the beautiful things about our circle time or council time at the end of each of our invitations with forest therapy is it does give you that that opportunity to share what you are experiencing or did experience with the invitation but it really gives the other people in the circle the permission to just listen and and to to really hear the the truth in the words to allow them to hang in the air there's no requirement to respond to it. In right. fact, you know, we encourage people not to respond. I got the sense that you're kind of nudging them. Not yes. so much permission, but hey, come on, dude, maybe <laughs> this is your opportunity to just hear somebody else and really listen. <laughs> Did <laughs> I catch you on that one? It's absolutely true. And, and I think part of the reason that it's so true is because that's the way we're raised. Right. It's, it's not necess- It doesn't make us bad people. It actually makes us good listeners. You know, from the from the active listening side of things, you know, it, it allows people to know that we're listening to what it is that they're saying, but we're not hearing it. And so you're right. It is a nudge. At first, it's a nudge to say, hey, you know, stop talking, pay attention, listen, really listen, listen with your heart, listen with an open heart to hear what it is that's being said. I can just exist in this time, in this slot, and I can listen to what it is that Denis is saying and really accept those words as, as his truth. It was almost poetic that there were people doing yoga right next to me <laughs> because early on, and I think most people will draw comparisons to this kind of quote-unquote therapy with mm-hmm. others, and one of the reasons I never glommed on to yoga is I always felt people were asking me to do things they weren't necessarily barking them out but it was do this then do that if you can but then do this there seemed to be a real concerted effort here with you instructing that this is totally uh at your leisure it is extremely integral you'll notice when when i offer invitations i'm offering them to be accepted or refused and they're invitations it's not try this or try that or you know see if you can do it this way it's really about i invite you to close your eyes this whole practice is about helping you deepen your relationship with nature it's not about helping you deepen my relationship with nature or your relationship with me so those that relationship is personal and, and very unique to the individual. And so you have to allow that to happen organically. So we offer invitations that are open. Go find a spot in the forest and sit. I don't care if it's with a tree or a rock or a plant. It doesn't matter. Whatever speaks to you. Or in if that your moment. eyes are open or not. Or if your eyes are open or closed. If you're going to do it while you're walking through the forest or while you're sitting or while you're laying down. It's whatever feels right for you. Because I really want to help open the gate for you to deepen your relationship with nature. And by doing that, you deepen your relationship with yourself and with the ones that you love. If I were to take that one step further and I've nurtured that relationship, how do I take that back to the office, whether it's my home office or my family or just my life outside of here? How do I apply that? You know, I think that's something that we struggle with each in our in our own way. You know, it's really easy to be the the guru while you're in the forest but then you get back into the office and and you you end up taking on some of those behaviors that maybe you don't necessarily you know really appreciate within yourself 
I do it just like everybody else does it. You know, sometimes I'm the really nice, cool, hip mom. And sometimes <laughs> I'm the warrior mom, right? And I think that it's really, it's about paying attention to here and now, to who you are in this space. And if that's what it is that you want to emulate and want to bring into your family, into your home office or your, or your office family, then it's, it's really about taking the time throughout the day to reconnect with that side, right? To, to drop out of your head and down into your body and really explore what's going on. How am I feeling right now? Oh, I really don't feel so great. Maybe I'm gonna take a walk before I deal with this, as opposed to, I gotta deal with it right now because I got 15 other things that are on the go, so. And even during the walk, I found that you were bringing us back to reality so that it wasn't just a fairy dust kind of little trail. Like you, you and I, I'm still, I guess, aghast that this woman standing in front of me who looks like she could pull out a tree stump with her arms <laughs> is afraid of spiders. But but you, it was a very real moment. Yeah. How important is it to you that, that you bring us down to earth every now and then and realize that, make us realize that this, we're still living in the real world here. Yeah, and thank you because I, I it's really important, right? It, part of this practice is, as I said, about dropping out of your head and into your body. And it gets you to a, a place that we call liminal space. So you can spend two and a half hours in the forest and it feels like you were only there for 20 minutes you're like really what it's time to go now um and and that's really important to experience that release of control you know at the end of it you got to keep bringing people back to the real world because eventually you have to release them to their vehicles <laughs> and they have to drive home making that connection between this is a beautiful walk in the forest and it's about connecting to nature but it's taking as you said taking that connection back to your family, back to your home, back to your work. Um, you can only do that if you keep it in the real here and now. This is Melissa Weems from Ward's Lawyers and Lindsay, your official sponsor of The Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes. Hey, if you're listening to this before September 5th, big huge yard sale fundraiser for the food source. 169 Angeline Street starts at 8 a.m. and runs to about 1 p.m. Okay, so there are now, again, new rules at the landfills in Kawartha Lakes. I'm not talking about any COVID-related regulations here. This time, nothing to do with physical distancing, unless you're referring to keeping your distance from single-use Tim's cups and styrofoam cups. They will not be accepted at landfills any longer. Why? Well, David Kerr is Manager of Environmental Services for the City of Kawartha Lakes. He explains. Right now where we're taking our, our recyclables, we won't be able to take our coffee cups and styrofoam there you know, much longer anyway, because there just is not a market for it right now. You know, several years ago, there was a market for it, but it all depends on, um, you know, what type of businesses are out there, what type of um, people can reuse the, the type of products. The uh, other municipalities are in the same boat, you know, particularly with uh, with styrofoam. We're hoping too that the industry standard will be, you know, perhaps to use less styrofoam and to use other products that are recyclable. You know, there's a lot of fiber type products that, you know, can be used for packing and we're hoping that will uh, change as well. So, you know, we're trying to encourage people to, to buy products that, uh, you know, have got, are, are made out of, of recyclables and we're trying to get you know, more industries involved in making products that, that are recyclable. You know, there's a lot of new legislation, you know, coming out in the next few years, and that's about extended producer responsibility, it's called. The owners of the products are going to have to take more of a lead role 
in uh, in paying for their disposal. So, you know, as they find that disposal costs are going up, uh, it'll make good business sense for them to make more recyclable products. What effect do you think it'll have on your landfill now that a lot of that stuff, which may have gone to recycling, is now going into the landfill? Um, I don't think it's going to make a, a huge difference. Uh, it's probably less than 1%, uh, you know, of the, of the overall waste stream would be, you know, coffee cups and styrofoam. Hey, it's Trevor Hutchinson from The Lindsay Advocate. So school's back. And if you're a parent, you're probably a little confused, definitely nervous, possibly freaked out. I try to talk about this in my next column in The Lindsay Advocate, available everywhere in the city of Cortha Lakes. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or at lindsayadvocate.ca, you're doing it for free. That's courtesy of our exclusive sponsor, Ward's Lawyers. Find out what Carissa and Jason Ward and their team can do for you at wardlegal.ca. This is the Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes, where we often complement stories that you'll read in our print edition. Here's an example. Our September issues Staycation Series installment includes a visit to the Cherry Tree Lodge at Sturgeon Point. I'd never been to the historic cottage of the famous artist W.A. Goodwin. Heck, I... uh, I'd never even been to Sturgeon Point, I say sheepishly. And uh, you know what? It's what a wonderfully calming community within our community with a very rich history, which Mary Newton is eager to share. Mary is the new owner of Cherry Tree Lodge, and every Saturday she makes her home slash museum available for public viewings. How cool is that? Here she is describing to me an advocate editor-at-large, Nancy Payne, What she says was a personal connection to Cherry Tree Lodge when she first saw it. Now, keep in mind, when Mary took over this cottage, it was not as it was when Goodwin lived and painted there more than 100 years ago. The space itself, I just immediately fell in love with. Despite the colors. Despite the colors, absolutely. Um, I knew it could just bring it back to its original, but it had been full of like clutter you know, the living room was over here, the dining room was here. So how did you see past all of that to, to fall in love with oh, it? Oh, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I came in and the first thing I did was cry. <laughs> like, I just, I, I was just so overwhelmed with the actual feel of it. And like, I just, I don't know how to explain it. it I just knew I had to have it. I sense you're getting choked up now. Just I describing am. it. <laughs> I know. It's awful, isn't it? I don't want to overplay this, but do you get a sense of Goodwin's presence Absolutely. How so? Absolutely. Um, When I do crafting stuff, um, like, you know, I've made the curtains. I just feel like everything that I do, it just fits perfectly. Like, I I don't know how to explain it. Like, I, we found this old sign, I'll show you on the outside, um, shoved at the top of the tool cabinet. Um, And I was like, but that has to be hung. So I got it and I hung it outside. So I feel like we're kind of like he's kind of directing a little bit of what happens here, which is just so amazing to me. What do you think Goodwin's reaction would be if he were sitting right by this fireplace right now, knowing that there have been some changes, but knowing what you do and how you've taken it over, what do you think his reaction would be? I think he'd be thrilled. I really do. I don't, I feel like he wanted the place to be loved, to be enjoyed, to be full of laughter. My grandkids love it up here. I 
love it up here. My partner loves it up here. Everybody in the community is just so thrilled that the place is brought back to life. You know, I've heard stories of Goodwin bringing up the piano and having parties up here with his gosh golly Guwang gang. You know, and we just have friends over here and we're constantly celebrating and enjoying the, the space, right? Like it's to be enjoyed. Like I feel like there's just such a, like a whole family. I, I, I honestly feel like an extension of the Goodwin family in a way. Yeah. There is a real responsibility that you're carrying now though to this, to this place to maintain yes. that though. Is that, how do you carry that burden or that responsibility? Yeah, I don't see it as a responsibility to be honest with you. I just think like I'm trying to keep it as true to character as I can and not become too modernized. And you'll, when you go into the kitchen, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, but I just, I don't feel it as a responsibility. I feel like, you know, I give back to the cottage and the cottage gives back to me. Look for more about Cherry Tree Lodge and see some great photos in the September edition of the Lindsay Advocate. It's part of Nancy Payne's Staycation series. And hey, thanks for checking us out, The Advocate Podcast. And thanks to our official sponsor, Ward's Lawyers. If you need a lawyer, well, they got you covered. Find out how at wardlegal.ca. We're not there yet, but we are getting closer. The Century Cinemas in Lindsay, for instance, are now welcoming movie lovers. The Lakeview Arts Barn is also open, all with new safety protocols, of course. Won't be long before we can see some live music indoors, too. Let's, let's keep the faith on that one. For sure, Dennis Carmichael, Brooks Robinson, Gavin Gartshore, and Sean Miller are itching to hit the stage. And uh, so are their fans of the respected Lindsay-based band, Boots of Hazard. On a windy day at Memorial Park recently, I met with Dennis Carmichael and newest member, drummer, Sean Miller. Actually, Brooks and I went to different high schools. I went to LCBI, he went to Weldon. But we had played a party with one of the very first bands, well, the very first band that ever got tight, let's put it that way. Like, you, you go through lots of bands and lots of Saturday afternoon things when you're first learning to play, but this band was getting together a couple days a week. We, we had a, almost a full night's worth of material, and we played a party one night as a three-piece, and Brooks saw that show. He was at that show, and then about four days later, I was doing laundry in the laundromat on Kent Street, Lindsay, and he walked in and he said, I know this sounds strange, but I'm going to play in your band. <laughs> it was like, you're going to what? <laughs> I knew him, and, I, and he was a character. I was a character, but I was a little bit older than him, so I kind of had a, a bit of disdain, you know what I mean? It's like, really, you're going to play in my... Like, I didn't even know you played. Like, so I said, okay, well, get a guitar and show up at the next practice. We could use another guitar player, and so let's see what we can do. And, like, here we are, whatever, 35 years later or something. <laughs> We had actually practiced quite a bit prior to this whole thing. That was the, that was the kind of the shock part because we actually rehearsed a whole bunch before and we were actually getting ready, getting getting tight and everything. And um, we, were, we were ready to play and then this thing, COVID hit. And then basically, uh, yeah, now you're downstairs playing by yourself to uh, mm -hmm. an iPod. You know, it's kind of sucked. But what do you do? What's it like for you, though, especially because you have not played live with these guys in front of an audience? 
I look forward to that. I, I love live. I love also studio stuff. So, I mean, I, I was a little before this COVID hit, I was also doing some studio work with some other people. And, uh, you know, now I, 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 I live to play live. I love playing live. When I got the news today, didn't know what to say, yeah. So I just what I find interesting is that you started out in, in your youth, in your teens, in your 20s, as a rock band. How do you draw that line between back then into, into what you're playing now, which is kind of country rock, but not certainly not, probably not the rock and roll of your, you know, your teens and 20s? Like, first of all, I came from country. My, my grandfather played fiddle. My dad played fiddle. My mom, my, my house was like Don Messer Jub Jubilee on Saturday nights. It literally was. People that couldn't play would play spoons, knives. Like, there was just an ensemble of rhythm and music and singing. Didn't matter if you were good, bad, or ugly. It was, it was just being in the moment. We got a reel-to-reel a -reel tape recorder. And I learned that if you, you took the, uh, apart the Caspian thing, and then recorded it and then put it back on for playback. You could do your own uh, munchkins. Like, uh, so we used to do Christmas carols and stuff like that. But that was it. That was the beginning. It was like, it didn't matter to me what the genre was. I heard nothing but country until I was like, you know, well, of course I learned, you know, when I was about 13 or 14 or 12, 13, 14, I, I loved pop music as a kid. But to play it or perform it, all I ever played was country music as a singer, as a kid. Yeah. because I was in bands from the time I was 12 years old. There's an interesting juxtaposition with the song Muddy Waters, and I'm sure for anybody here who's familiar with the Scoogog, <laughs> you're already laughing at that. In Muddy Water, it says, Muddy Water cleanses me. And Muddy Water is what, well, Scugog actually, the, uh, as far as I've been told my whole life, is, is, a, is a native word or expression for Muddy Water, Scugog. Mm. So everything, and it's all man-made, a lot of it's man-made, and, and so it's all muck on the bottom. So Brooks's memory of his dad fishing with him when he wrote this song, and I can, I can only paraphrase what he's kind of told me before, but it's the idea of the memory of being able to stop and go to the same place that you used to go, or maybe perhaps the place where uh, he spread his ashes, spend some time with him as if he was there, you know what I mean? And anybody who's from Lindsay or around this would get the idea of muddy water cleanses me because the place he goes to cleanse himself is the place where the muddy water is and that's that river that runs right through our town. So this is my first country band. I mean, I've done demos for for artists, uh, young artists, um, country demos. What was your impression of country music before that? Then before it was like Merle Haggard, and that's what I knew is like the you know the, the dog died and is but it's it's not it's it's evolved. It's now basically from the music that I were playing and what I what I hear now is basically you take out the steel guitar and you take out the banjos and you take it's rock and roll and which is great so it's really country rock but it's it's if you take all that extra country stuff out it's just straight ahead rock and roll music anyway so it's not really hasn't been that much of a change on everything I know. 
the whole thing was actually interesting because I, like I said, I never really played country, and I didn't really know how it was going to work. And and I actually started liking country. It was kind of an awakening, and it was almost a challenge. Now I'm going to a new genre. It's like going to jazz, and when you haven't played jazz or whatever, I've, you know, not in all the years that I've been doing this, and I've doing a lot of years, I haven't played country. I've never been in a country band, so now I can say I've done it. I've had country artists tell me that simple is hard. Simple is hard. As a drummer, as simple is hard. Yeah. Less, I mean, the whole less is, less is more thing, I mean, it really is true in music. I, you evolve as a musician. You know, I started out in a punk band. You know, I look back at that and I think, wow, I don't even really know what I was thinking about there, but it was, a, it was a 150 beats per minute and it was loud and it was proud and there was a lot of screaming going on. So it was a performance and that in and of itself was great. Can you give me an example of a, of a boot song that maybe evokes that simple, yet really not that simple and well, yeah, simple can be hard? Well, the last single that we did it actually is just a very simple three chord, almost kind of a ballady, it's a story song, old guitar. It's very simple, but it's that song started with stripping back from probably 20 tracks down to probably 10 by the time it was done. Got myself this old guitar Down at Dino's by itself Okay, some broken strings Busted pegs and broken dreams Yet it spoke to me in a funny way Only I could understand I gotta find a place to play Up there in that big old state I promise I'll never let you down Oh no, 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 yes. I got think to myself For anyone, baby, want a shelf Maybe the fingers got too sore I don't know why they didn't want you Goosebumps race on my skin Crack myself a quarter jack Strap that old guitar Right across my back I gotta find a place to play Up there in that big old state I promise I'll never let you down And I'm gonna find a way to groove
sound this old guitar. If you perform your own song in front of people and they really appreciate it, and it strikes an emotion in them, then I think you've done your job as an artist. That is a song called Old Guitar, the most recent single by Lindsay's own Boots of Hazard. You're listening to the Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes. Okay, let's see if you can see my shoulders shrug when I go, ah, sigh. Why the sigh? Well, Lori Polito has called it a day. And while we'll all be fine and a worthy replacement will be found, her absence will be surely felt. After some 25 years, Lori Polito has stepped down as executive director of a place called Home. That is the agency that has provided shelter and guidance to the homeless of Kawartha Lakes for 25 years. Yeah, 20, yeah, 25 years. One of the first social agencies in Kawartha Lakes. And Lori Polito was there right from day one. Lori made time to talk to me about her decision to retire. It might be called sudden in that it um, you know, didn't take a year to plan, but um, I think COVID had such a big part in it. So it's been four or five months now that um, we've been into that and just realizing that everything was changing and I am 65. So well, see, I wouldn't have guessed that. So, okay. So that, that wasn't such a stretch either, but I, I had been thinking perhaps staying another year. Um, but COVID happened. We're making some major changes at the, the shelter. You're aware that we have everybody in motels because we have so many people, mainly because those who might have stayed at a friend's or a relative's previously can't do that right now with COVID. So um, we've, we're dealing with anywhere from 40 to 60 clients. Um, I say we. Um, I'll probably say that forever. I caught that. Um, yeah. I, I, really, I caught it too as soon as I said it. But... Uh, to me, that was the time. If I was going to go and I wanted to spend more time with my grandchildren and my elderly mother, there was a big change. We were right in the middle of a big change, and I was working from home until very, very recently, and that wasn't my favorite thing to do, so it got me thinking. So when those things were swirling, swirling around in your mind, pandemic, 65, I put in my 25 years, yep. uh, I'm leaving. You know, I, I'm leaving the place in good hands. I'm just wondering, when you had all those balls moving around in the air, what was that like for you to just kind of look at these? Or it, Well, it was crazy. Um, sometimes depressing, but... Uh, Why? Why was it depressing? Well, leaving, because I loved it. I loved it as much as I loved it the first day I started, January 5th, 1995, and I love it today. So didn't mean to get emotional. You're allowed to get emotional. It's okay. You've earned it. Yeah, this wasn't a job that I came to and drudged along every day and couldn't wait for retirement. I was excited for every day as I was for the first day. And mm -hmm. It's been quite a ride. And we started with something so small and we didn't even know exactly what it was going to look like. I had a great board behind me at the time who had knew what they wanted to see. I hope I'm, I'm reasonably accurate in this assessment. You always struck me as this very compassionate, uh, caring person, but there was also, dare I say, a bit of a no-nonsense, maybe even kind of tough love mom nature to you how accurate is that yeah I was a I was a tough love mom actually at the time too when I when I started there but yeah the, I mean the rules had to to be followed and um that was that was clear to everybody who stayed but very rarely did anybody get 
kicked out. We worked something out. Um, I don't think anybody saw you as a drill sergeant. No, <laughs> but, I, 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 but I had to be sometimes. You know, you just you just have to be. You've got a, a house full of people. There's nobody monitoring those houses. I would just act as an over-attendant landlord in those early days and mm -hmm. visit the house every day, two or three times a day. And sometimes I'd walk in and like, oh my God, what are you, what's happening here? This can't <laughs> happen. And you come down to my office and you better pack your bags. But I, you know, I remember having a fellow in my office who had, oh, he was just drinking and he had damaged some things and he was really upsetting other residents. And he came down to my office, which was a tiny little room in the John Howard Society building at the time. And he, uh, I said, you just, you know you can't stay. You've had a number of warnings that something bad is going to happen. So how can I help you find something else? And he he decided he was going to go to a treatment center. And um, so I called a few places, and then he got on the phone, and he said, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I've got a phone here I'm using. The lady who kicked me out, she's letting me use her phone. You know? And I'm just <laughs> sitting back and listening. Those were my very early days, and those are my memories. Like, wow, this is a pretty cool job. Yeah, there's no point in pushing people around, but, but you have to be, if you say, if you do this again, I, you're not going to be able to stay yeah. here. You have to do it, because I know that from kids, that if you tell them, if they do something, there's going to be a consequence, and then they do it, and you don't yeah. follow through, then they're never going to listen to you again, right? And that, that's the same premise I used with, because I was the only one for the first five or six years. And, but I wouldn't want anyone just to head out onto the street without any... Yeah, anything to go to yeah. so that that's sort of the caring part I knew I didn't know everything I needed to know when I started so I was bound to to find my way and I was always blessed with a lot of common sense doesn't make sense or you don't follow through with the things you say you're gonna th people won't take you seriously Lindsay is such a small community everybody is connected to everybody in some way if you had this position in Metro Toronto, you could kind of disappear mm -hmm. in, in the communities. Yeah. So what's it going to be like knowing that you're still going to bump into f former staff, colleagues, residents? Well, I've been doing that for 25 years. I mean, that's not necessarily going to be new because I've been here so long. There's But you're not in your role anymore. It's not Laurie Polito with you. No. You're, you're, you're not in that position anymore. Well, no, and I would... I have no problem, um, you know, listening to what I need to listen to and, and then making that decision that, okay, you need to go. This, this is where you need to go. And I'll have cards with numbers, I'm sure, in my wallet forever. But the good thing, the great thing, the wonderful thing about all of this was over 25 years, you see a lot of people in their worst times of their lives. And then you might see them 10 years later and they succeeded. Things have gone really well and that's and they see you and it's like oh, you know oh my god it's so good to see you like you made such a difference in my life and what's it like for you to see that it's just it's heartwarming it's wonderful I always remind them that you know you did it um, we might have helped you get on the path there's some who helped build the additions on our buildings and some that are still cooking meals in our kitchen or were before the pandemic um, or just stop by once a year for a visit and just reminisce and they'll always be like old friends and you're not serving them anymore so it, it's okay to have a nice friendly chat. And mm -hmm. When that first started happening, I knew absolutely 100% that the way we were doing things was right. This is all still fairly fresh for you. I know it's only been a few weeks, so what's the one thing 
you think you'll be able to do now, even if it's something selfish that you can do that you weren't able to do as much or as often or at all in the past 25 years? For me right now, um, I didn't put a lot of thought into what it would look like exactly, but I knew that I wanted to be able to spend a little bit more time with my mom and definitely my grandchildren. Remember, Kawartha Lakes on paper is about 75,000 people, but it seems so much smaller than that, doesn't it? So when you see Lori Polito, maybe nod and say, thanks for the past 25 years, Lori. The theme music you're listening to right now is courtesy of the very talented Gerald Van Halteren. The Advocate Podcast Stories from Kawartha Lakes is produced by me, Denis Grignon. It's made possible because of Ward's Lawyers, our exclusive sponsor, and all-around great community citizens. Go to wardlegal.ca and learn about all their services. Go to lindsayadvocate.ca if you have a story idea or a comment about our program. We, we love hearing from you. Subscribe to us for free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That way, the episodes automatically land in your phone. Now, if that seems difficult, it's really not. Just do what I did. Find a teenager to guide you through it for the first time, and then you'll figure it out. And speaking of teenagers, if you're driving one to university or college this week, that mask you should be wearing, it only covers your nose and mouth, not your eyes or those inevitable tears. Stay safe. Stay kind. We're back with a brand new episode in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm.